You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Heather Duplessy Allen. Now, to talk through the revelation that our uber wealthy only pay a tax rate of 8.9% on all of their economic income, we've got Infometrics Principal Economist Brad Olsen. Hey, Brad. Good evening. What's your take on this? Look, I think no matter what way you cut the figures, a lot of people are going to be sitting there at home tonight watching the news, hearing about uh, what's going on and going, that doesn't quite pass the Smith test in terms of if on average, uh, accounting for all the various bits of income, uh, you know, welfare transfers and similar, on average Kiwis are spending uh, or contributing about 20.2% of uh, their economic income to uh, the tax system, uh, but the, the uber wealthy, like you say, are paying less than 10%. Um, maybe the numbers are a little bit uh, you know, skewed by various, I mean, there's a lot of caveats in the 600 pages of documents we've been going through today, but the fact is that the two figures are so far away that I think a lot of people will be questioning, well, is this enough? And maybe how do we get that dial a little bit closer? The big question for me, though, Heather, is with all of these conversations, can we actually have a growing up conversation conversation about tax because I'm sure everyone will be looking there and going that doesn't seem fair but equally we know time and time again New Zealanders have generally seemed to say that's fine I I, I can see that there's a tax conversation to be had as long as it's not me that has to pay any more mm. of it. Now here's the thing Brad okay what 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 is being counted here is unrealized capital gains right stuff that hasn't been sold but it's just gone up in value. Now David Parker can't tax that with the wealthy because if he taxes that with the wealthy, he has to tax it with the rest of us as well. And and he won't want that. We won't want that. So how do they tax the wealthy? It is difficult because, of, of course, if somehow we uh, find a way to tax unrealised gains, that means that you presumably have to give people back a whole bunch of tax money if they had a loss yes. in, a, in a particular year. At the same time, and I think this is an important caveat, it's pretty unlikely that these people are going to amass all of this money over time and never utilise it, never realise that gain. That would mean that they would never ever sell any of their portfolios of houses, for example. And so as a realistic number, what we saw in the papers today is that around about, I think it's a third of residential property did have a realised gain over the project period. Uh, so that was worth sort of just under $2 billion with roughly $6 billion of, of, of total capital gains, including a lot of unrealised gains. are you saying, Brad, that they are going to, th- or at least considering capital gains tax on these guys? Well, I think that is part of the conversation. I think you've got something like a capital gains tax. You might have a, a land value tax. There's a few options but coming through But can I stop there. you, Brad? You can't do either of these things to the uber-wealthy without imposing a capital gains tax on you and I and a, a land value tax on you and I, and we don't want that. Well, that's absolutely true, but I think we should be up to that conversation, particularly if it means that everyone else who is paying a lot more tax on a proportional basis could get something off on their income tax. But also, let's be clear, when we look through the figures, there was like 100, uh, I think on average, the average sort of capital gain that some of these guys got was like $800 million uh, on their residential property. Now, that's, that doesn't mean uh, that you're going to see the same amount of tax being paid uh, by someone who has one house versus has 18 to 20 houses, mm. that person with 18 to 20 is going to pay a lot more. So I think if the conversation is 
um, how do we tax the uber wealthy without taxing anyone else? That's probably not the conversation we need to have because remember as well, this group that we looked, uh, the IRD looked at, 311 people. That means we still don't know a, a huge amount about the group between that uber wealthy and even the top 10% of yeah. New Zealanders. What it suggests is that actually we know that those who are currently paying the tax that they're paying are generally paying what you probably say is, is a fair amount in those in those lower brackets. It's those higher brackets that, yes, need to be taxed differently. I think we can find a way to do it that wouldn't make as much, if any, real difference to those on the, the sort of, let's call it, the first 90% of the population, maybe a little bit. Uh, but generally speaking, those other policies are going to hit the much higher group a lot more. OK, so how would a tax switch work out numbers-wise for, let's say, you know, most people who, who David Park is talking about as deserving a bit of a tax break, people who earn under 80000 so, I mean, it's the sort of thing where, I, if, if, if we're going to try and make tax policy on the fly, that I think you'd probably see something like uh, you could either have something like uh, an income-free uh, tax bracket at the start mm. of the tax, you know, $10,000, whatever it might be. Um, again, importantly, though, that still gives money to the highest end as well because it's very hard mm. to carve out people in and out. But you could do something like that. You could change your thresholds for income tax over time. But I think as well, the government might well want to, I mean, look, we keep talking as a country that we want to do more, we want to pay teachers more, we want to pay nurses more and similar. What I wonder if the government could consider is they might say, look, we can get an extra, let's, let's ballpark it, $2 billion uh, a year from some of the tax changes, and maybe they use a billion dollars of that to offset income tax. That means that uh, people who are paying uh, general Kiwis who are paying their money through their PAYE after they've had their wage or their salary for the week, uh, they would pay less. But also the government would then have, for example, an extra billion dollars to put on stuff that Kiwis keep saying that we desperately want, but we don't seem to have enough money to yeah. fund. I think that's a way that the government could consider doing it. Okay, Brad, thank you for that. Really appreciate it as always. It's uh, Brad Olson, uh, Infometrics Principal Economist. For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.